Back in here live on hour number two of Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise with you here on a football Friday. We have flipped the calendar over to the month of November. Teron Davenport comes up at the bottom of the hour as we will spend a majority of this hour talking all things NFL, the Titans and the Panthers coming up on Sunday in Carolina. And I think you and I have been on the same page all week on this one, that this just feels like Titans have won a few in a row. Carolina's coming off of an embarrassing loss to San Francisco. We know the Titans' offensive line is bad. The Panthers' defensive line is really good. I don't think you got to go to next level on this conversation with this game. I don't have a good feeling about the Titans this week. As good as I felt last week against the Bucks, I feel the opposite this week. No, I think in general, I agree with you. Once you dive deeper into the matchups, there are plenty of places that you can see the Titans finding success. I think that... You know, Carolina is giving up a little bit more on the ground, certainly far worse than Tampa Bay was at stopping the run. So they're giving up some yards on the ground. So this could be a game that Derrick Henry finds some room to operate in the offensive line. Um, you know, I think Dean Pease will have success against Kyle Allen, disguising coverages and, and, and con, you know confusing a young quarterback who's inexperienced and not really the starter. So I think that, again, when you dive deeper into the matchups, you can find some areas where you like what the Titans can do in some matchups. But I, I, I'm with you, Nick. Like w- w- In the NFL, where basically everybody's almost all even, w- when you get embarrassed and humbled, it, you generally bounce back with a pretty big showing, especially if you're at home. So it's not a good spot. It doesn't feel like a good spot in the schedule in how mm-hmm. things have played out for the Tennessee Titans. So in general, I'm with you. A defense that creates a ton of pressure on the quarterback, really good in pass coverage, has Christian McCaffrey and a lot of weapons on offense. I... I I like Carolina as well to play really well in this one. But, again, there are some matchups when you, you start to look at the games within the game that you could argue, hey, this is a good situation for the Titans. So um, I think they've got a chance, but I, I, think it's a, I think it's a tall ask to ask this team to go on the road and, and beat a team that is sort of emotionally ready for a bounce back. Interesting to see the two quarterbacks this week. Tannehill, you're 2-0. First game, you looked really good. The second game, you did not look good until you needed a big-time drive. How do you do against a good defense this week? A lot of it predicated on what type of protection you get from your offensive line. But then also with Carolina, all of a sudden, you know, Kyle Allen, here comes this guy out of nowhere, right? Last year, he was on the street. He's undefeated. He hasn't thrown an interception. He gets demolished last week showed us why he might have been on the street last year, three interceptions, and now does the pressure? Does he feel pressured to make even more plays this week because Cam Newton's close to coming back? Like that, That's what I want to know. Like, what is Kyle Allen thinking? Like, is he still fighting for his job? Because, the, let's face it, former MVP's ready to go. Um, I don't think... I don't think he's he's fighting for a job. I think he understands that when Cam comes back, it's his job. Um, but what he what he wants to do is just to win games as the backup. He understands that you know it might not be here, but it might be somewhere else. He's he's on an audition right now, um, maybe to continue to be the backup and and maybe the starter after a while in Carolina if Cam gets hurt. You know if Cam get hurt more, or he can be a starter somewhere else. Um, you know, it's an audition for him. So I don't think he's worried about, you know, losing a a um, quote-unquote starting job because it's not his job. Uh, when If Cam is fully healthy, they're going to put Cam back in there. That's just the way it is, unless this team just goes on a tear 
and 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 there's no reason to put Cam back in. But if Cam's healthy, then he's the quarterback. And I think Kyle Allen understands understands that part, and he knows as the backup, my job is to come in and win games while the starter gets healthy. Then when the starter comes back, then it's his job, and I continue to just you know be there for for support. And if something happens, I come in again. So. I don't think he's going to play no better or no worse based upon his his thought pattern of, oh, I might get benched. No, he's just going to go out there. He has, no, again, he's going to be careful with the ball, but he has nothing to lose, really. He Because either way, I think Cam's going to be the quarterback once he's fully healthy. So we, we discussed this briefly yesterday. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, let's face it, the guy's right there in the mix for the MVP. If you're Dean Pease, you're the Titans' defense. Is the game plan this week – sell out to stop Christian McCaffrey, force others to beat you? Or is it, hey, Christian's going to get his, we just can't let the other guys get theirs? Oh, I don't know what, I mean. Like, how do you game plan? Like, this is not just a wide receiver that, you know, is lined up wide, split left. I mean, this guy's used in every possible, you know, formation. He's in the slot. He catches passes, screens. He runs off tackle. He runs up the middle. He's like, you know, he's... He's jack of all trades. I mean, based, <laughs> and I'm just looking at the metrics here. Uh, he's he's ba- I mean, he he ranks as a on Pro Football Focus. His grade is an A, basically, on offense. You better be. He's an A running. <laughs> he's a B running the ball and an A receiving the ball. He's a a C plus B blocking, um, pass blocking. He can't. I mean, he doesn't do much run blocking. So I don't even know why they had that in there. This guy, he's. He, He's a he's basically a creative player. That's what he is. He's a Madden creative player, um, based upon these <laughs> metrics. That's all he is. And he's like ninety eight and exactly. everything. Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's it's unbelievable um, to see what he's doing in his last two seasons. He had a hundred catch catches last year. Um, he probably's on pace to have close to that this year. There's nothing you. I don't think there's much you can do. To stop him, it's it's the old adage: if you can't, you know, you can only help. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Well, the only thing they can do is hope to contain him, not let him be a game wrecker. Just don't let him wreck the game for you. Don't end the game and and look on a stat sheet and see, you know, he is the reason why you lost. That's what they don't want. They, the Tennessee Titans don't want Christian um, McCaffrey to be the reason they lost that game. Because if he's the reason they lost that game, well, Dean Pease didn't do a good enough job. Or the players didn't do a good enough job at knowing your assignments, alignment and assignment. Don't overreact to anything. Play your assignment. Play it honest. The only way he beats this team is if they do things that are not common of this defense because they're that good. The only way you're going to beat the Tennessee Titans is if – you you methodically move the ball down the field. You don't make mistakes as an offense, and if the Tennessee Titans make mistakes as a defense, that's the only way you're going to beat that defense. You mentioned Amani Hooker yesterday. So when we see Christian McCaffrey in the passing game, and it's man-to-man situations, we know as good as Jayon Brown is, that's a tough ask for Jayon Brown. Same with Bayard. I know you mentioned Hooker. What about a guy like Kenny Vaccaro? Is Kenny Vaccaro a guy that you can match up in space with him? No chance. No chance. No chance. Um, Of the safeties, he's the least – has the least ability of sort of man-up coverage in space, right? It doesn't mean he's not going to be a huge factor coming downhill to make tackles in the run game, right? Like, you need him coming downhill and being physical. In fact, 
you know, what, what it might mean is that he ends up maybe more on a tight end that he wouldn't normally be covering, right? Like, if you need Amani Hooker and, and Bayard to play against McCaffrey more, then, then how are you stopping Greg Olson? And maybe you're going to need Kenny Vicar to play a different role than maybe he normally plays against Greg Olson. So, who, who knows? Dean Pease will have something, you know, planned. Now, the question is, is if you focus too much on McCaffrey, to your point, Nick, if you focus too much on McCaffrey – there are other people that can make plays. Curtis Samuel is is sort of like a poor man's McCaffrey in what his skill set is. He can do stuff after the catch. He's he's sort of a, a slot receiver, but he also can play outside. He can he can run the he ran the football in college a little bit, so he's got a little bit of everything in his game too. Um, he's been targeted a ton this year. Has not made a ton of catches. Um, that we'll have to see what that looks like. So I, they, they've got some weapons. I just think Dean Pease, where I think Dean Pease can win this battle is not necessarily trying to cover Christian McCaffrey. It's. I think it's confusing Kyle Allen. I think it's about how do we pre-snap make sure that Kyle Allen has no clue what we're doing, and that we are we're rotating these guys, we're disguising this coverage, we're blitzing this, we're rolling this coverage. You know, just be as complicated as possible. And I think that's where you can beat Kyle Allen because as long as Kyle Allen doesn't know where to go with the football, then it may not matter if McCaffrey's open or not. Right? Like if he if he reads it wrong. And, and then McCaffrey gets open backside, but he's looking on the you know on the front side. Maybe he never gets to the the check down to McCaffrey or the third read to McCaffrey. I mean, I think that's the idea is to make it as complicated as possible for Kyle Allen. If if I'm Dean Pease, I am I am playing three defense defensive backs at all time, maybe even four. Uh, because you mean safeties or no defensive backs? I'm not. I mean, you so have your regular safeties in there. I'm not playing with an extra safety. If Jackson can play, then you've 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 done your your homework on this team, and I'm making sure whenever I see this alignment that Jackson is on McCaffrey. You take him where whatever alignment you you we know he's going to be in the pass. He's going to be you know out in pass pro or whatnot. Then then Jackson, you have him. Are you talking this, about three corners? Three cor- That's what I said. Three, three, just, three, just, three, three, you, three just, corners. You think so they're going to be a so nickel five, all day? So yeah, this, just, okay. just being nickel. I mean, yeah, just being nickel all day. Um, and because to me, McCaffrey it's a, is a receiver that knows how to run. the. He's a receiver that can run the ball well between the tackles. That's just what he is. Um, so if that's indeed the case, then I am putting a corner on him, a corner that I think can at least, you know, have, have the foot speed. Yeah. And the only guy that has the foot speed is Jackson. So whatever formation we believe he's going to get the ball as a receiver, then Jackson, it is your duty to cover this guy wherever he goes. Because I don't think Logan Ryan can do it. I don't think Malcolm Butler can do it. The Carolina receivers don't pose that that much of a threat, even though they do have potential. But I believe in my two defensive backs that they can cover these guys if indeed they're going to try to go that route at throwing the ball to to the two receivers. So it this would be a week where Jackson, you need to earn your money and earn it big time. Teron Davenport will join us at the bottom of the hour. Twisted Tea Half and Half is the hard iced tea with lemonade flavor. If you like lemonade, the Twisted Tea Half and Half is for you. It combines classic flavors of iced tea and lemonade with a little bit of a kick. Twisted Tea with 5% alcohol by volume but zero carbonation. It's a flavorful, refreshing alternative to premium light beer. And the folks at Twisted Tea are tailgating kings and queens. That's right. I said tailgating kings and queens. Check out their website, TwistedTea.com, where they teach you 
how to become a certified tailgating pro. TwistedTea.com with recipes that include the donut burger with twisted iced tea, icing, twisted tea, bacon-wrapped hot dogs, and if you like citrus, how about the twisted tea citrus tailgate ribs? Check it all out today, TwistedTea.com. Nice. I like it. Little uh, Katy Perry? Yeah, you got it. Katy Perry. Right. Just Whatever. checking. KD. What, what's up Whatever. with Katy Perry? She hadn't made a, a She album. disappeared, didn't she? Yeah, she hadn't made an album in a while. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you lack talent. You eventually run out of uh, material, right? I mean, she has uh, she has other talents. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But exactly. A couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what? Come on, man. We don't make those kind of yeah. jokes on this show. Exactly. We don't oh, do wait that. A second. We're grown ups. So, did you ever notice this? Did you ever notice this? And this, like, we all have this in our group of friends or in a family, right? Where like one guy can, like, Nick can get away with that joke uh-huh. on the show. He can say it, and no one's gonna care. My wife, my in laws, they're all gonna hear him make that joke, and they're gonna, oh, that was funny. That was good. That's just Nick. And then I make the joke. What the hell were you talking about? Oh, what dude, were you come doing, on, man? And we, uh, everybody's got that one friend in the group that can just be completely bonkers around everybody and just totally gets away with it. Like my my wife has their, their group of friends, and their one of their friends, John, God love him, he is the most absurd human being I've ever met in my entire life. My kind of guy. And, and we we will all go out with the wives as a big group together, and he just does the silliest, craziest most nonsensical things and like all the wives are like oh it's just john like they as ah, wacky I, john i would have divorce papers served to me so fast if i did the stuff that john does and it's just like why why is it that some certain people can get away with that stuff and other people can't it's, it's crazy <sighs> see what happened we started with katie perry made, you made you make me this way nick i'm sorry mm-hmm. i i have that effect on people i, I apologize you. i blame you entirely my wife blames me all the time so you guys can fire away like i said i will wow. never be offended on this show because what my wife gives to me, you guys uh, could never top. I, and, and I, 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 the stuff she says to you, yes, makes us feel, seem like choir boys. Correct. I, I feel a hundred percent the same way. Like, oh my goodness. I'll never call you fat, Nick. Just, yeah, I never said you have moves. Moves. Yeah, I never said you have moves. I, I love and respect the three of you, and we get heated a lot, and we all have impassioned takes with each other all the time but there's just nothing the three of you can say to me that's going to be any worse than what my wife says to me at home there you go it's called marriage exactly folks. it's called marriage just like the old ad campaign and here's a little public service announcement right uh-huh. remember the old drug campaign back in the 80s just say no uh-huh. don't, don't bring that up marriage <laughs> just say no <laughs> this is your brain on this marriage. is your brain this is your brain on marriage <laughs> <laughs> any questions eggs. well don't question her exactly questions uh, Teron Davenport coming up in about 10 minutes. So AFC South this weekend. Is there a, an angle? Obviously, Titans fans invested with what you got to do this week in Carolina. Win the game, get to 5-4. and four. But Indy at Pittsburgh, Texans at Jaguars, which is the London game this week. That one's interesting. Rooting interest that you need to be tracking if we're playing the AFC South race game. Do you need Jacksonville to win or do you need Houston to win? Well, we all agree that Indy should just keep winning, right? Didn't we come to that conclusion earlier this week when we did well, the math? Yeah. You, you can control some of your own destiny with Houston because you play ball, you play them twice. Yeah, play them twice. Yeah, but them but if they're but if they're four games ahead of you, like what's then it doesn't matter. So I don't know if it matters. Do you want to tie <laughs> between Houston and Jacksonville? Because I, 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 when we were doing like you know who's going to win the division, and we came to the conclusion this past week that if we if we were just going to give the Colts mm-hmm. the division. 
It's the Titans and about four other teams competing for that last yeah, wild card. With the Texans, probably. Assuming and, the and, Bills get a wild right, card. Right, and those two games then become huge. But uh, in, in reality, what you want is for all of them to lose all the time, right? Like, you're rooting for all of them to lose. And so, if, if we can somehow dumb the division down, for lack of a better phrase, to where 9-7 and seven becomes a possibility that wins the division, you know, that's the goal. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I think the winner of the division is going to have 10 wins most likely and mm-hmm. um if you can hey if we can all we can all hope and and titans fans can hope that it's going to be a just a, a you know three teams at nine and seven at the end of the year i mean they can hope for that it just doesn't feel like that's going to be possible yeah them i mean do you hope indy lose i mean yeah um you hope everybody lose i mean jack obviously nobody everybody can't lose because jacksonville plays houston type um yeah, you hope for a tie. So, but a you 10, have ten tie with all have, the players getting hurt. You have Houston twice the last three games of the season. Um, so, if you two guys are in a dead heat for second place, um, then that could be those could be the two games that kind of swing one the team one way or another. The problem is, is that they got to sweep somebody. They can't, you know. Yeah. Split games between, and they've already lost to Jacksonville, and they've already lost to Indianapolis. So, the best they can do is split. They can still they go got, four and two. Yeah, but they got to sweep Houston in order yeah. to even have an opportunity. I believe to make the playoffs um, because nine and seven is not going to get them in the playoffs. They have to win ten games to get in the playoffs, and ten way, ten games is not go- ten games might not win you the, your, your division. You know. That would be crazy. Ten games might not win you the division. If you lose the tiebreakers, especially. Exactly. So the Titans right now, 9-7 and is not going to get them in the playoffs. I think they realize that um, the way the AFC is, and they've already lost to Buffalo. Um, So, you know, they got to win ten games. And now can they go on a a streak? No matter what anybody else does, I, I don't think, no matter what anybody else does, unless teams just start falling completely off the map. No matter what anybody else does, the Tennessee Titans must win ten games to get into the playoffs. So they control their own destiny. Moving, they can, we don't like the old, the destiny is already written. I get, yeah, it. I understand yeah, yeah. that. I've but already they used control, it. I, I just used it a few minutes. They again. control how their season. They are in more control of how their season ends than I think the other teams are in control of what the Titans might end up because if they went out they make the playoffs if they win 10 games they make the playoff but if they go nine and seven for the fourth straight year then for the fourth straight year well three out of the four years they would not make the playoffs. and and what's hard is they need to go six and two to then get to 10 wins which means if you don't like the carolina matchup this week and you're picking them to lose this that's week, one game that's one of the two losses you got left and oh by the way you still have the chiefs and the and the saints on the schedule with two games against the texans and the colts and the jacks and oh, by the tough. way, Mahomes and Breeze will be back. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's tough. So I mean, this is one of those where, like, sure, it doesn't look like a good spot for the Titans. We've just laid that out, we, like why we like the Carolina Panthers to play well in this situation. But if you're really being serious about a playoff run, this is one of those games where you have to Dean Pease and the defense needs to go dominate Kyle Allen. Is it? And if you could do that, then you can give your offense a chance to maybe score some points. Is it Houston, Saints, Houston? Yes, that sounds right to me. Is and, and this is if they're not in a position to win ten games those last three games of the year, punt. Just punt because my thing. If you finish nine and seven, you're going to be picking in the twenties again. 
Yeah, you're stuck and in purgatory. Exactly. You're, it's like being eight and eight. There's a couple different purgatories. You're being, it's like being eight and eight. You're stuck in the middle pack. You can't get the guy that you really want unless you make trades to move up. And we know that they're going to have to, they're going for a quarterback this year. It, it is Texans, Saints, Texans. And, yeah. and they're going to have to, but here's the thing even if you finish seven and nine, you still might have to trade up to get the guy you want if the guy you want is going to be a top five or eight pick. You're never, but you're closer you're never to, gonna be, you already have four wins, yeah. which means you're not going to be top three or four. But you're closer to that 11, 12, 10, 11, 12 yeah. than you are if you finish nine and seven once again. And then nine and seven to the fans feel like, uh, here we go, Jeff Fisher again, eight and eight. Nine and seven, seven and nine. We're not getting over that hump. Four years in a row, nine and seven, one playoff. You're not getting over that hump. So but, but to me, many, it's like but how many ten and teams, six. How many teams tr- change quarterbacks and then go nine no, and you, seven? No, you're right. You're, you're, no, you're you know, absolutely like that's, right. Like to be dealing with that sort of issue and to still finish nine and seven is sort of a compliment to the coaching staff to some degree. Now, we know within each game, we've been, we've been very critical of Mike Rabel and what he's done, I think rightly so. But if they were to go nine and seven, and then we step back and we go, all right, they went nine and seven, and they didn't have, they didn't, they had to change quarterbacks after six games. Like that's a pretty big statement, I think, on the coaching staff that that at the end of this season we would say, well, they, they didn't have a quarterback. Mm. You know, at the end of the year we go, well, they didn't have a guy. It, it, you know, Tannehill made the offense better, but he's not the answer in the in long term, and Marcus didn't work. So if that's the case, then we have to give Vrabel more credit, right? Even though we're ripping on him every week for a terrible questionable decision that he's making at the in the middle of a critical spot in the game you do have to start and and the consistency is up and down you know last year and this year like you still have to step back at the end of it and go man this guy won more games than he lost and didn't have a starting quarterback really like that at that point what do you how do you evaluate i mean you, I, I think you you evaluate it like this and, and i think i said this prior to Tannehill being a quarterback i said if this is a nine and seven team with Marcus, it's a nine and seventeen with Tannehill, and I remember saying that. So I'm not going to give Rabel any kudos, even though you know I, I think. But but just should like you be any, nine and seven with those two quarterbacks? I don't know. I mean, this is, listen. I said there. I thought they were going to win ten games. But I mean, as I was the with, season, I was, I was as the season you, started yeah. to go, I'm thinking like, okay, this maybe this is a nine and seven. And if they change quarterbacks, to me, it's still a nine and seventeen. Regardless if Marcus or Tannehill is that quarterback at this point in time, so I'm not, and it's not. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying I'm not going to give him any more kudos for Tannehill being a quarterback and what he had to go through. As if you know, no more kudos than if Marcus was the quarterback. I don't know. I, I'm and again, I don't have the answer either. I'm just asking the question. Like, uh-huh. if we all think Marcus is is broken and terrible and bad and this and that or whatever, whatever, however you, the fans have described him and. You know, we all think Tannehill's just kind of sort of the same guy, like you said, Derek. They should be the same team with Tannehill or with Marcus, but neither one of them is really the answer. Shouldn't we be giving the coaching staff and the team credit, the defense, whatever, whoever, more credit if they were to finish with nine wins based on the idea that they do not have a franchise quarterback? Like that, that's like Bill O'Brien winning the division with T.J. Yates. Yeah, no, and, no. And, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, isn't it the same? Like those guys are better than T.J. Yates. Sure, I, I get it, sure. but like, is is. I don't know. I'm just trying to like work it through mentally in my head, going like, man, like if we really think these guys are that bad, then we have to give them more credit for being competitive. If if it, it, but then again, you watch the games and you watch these decisions unfold, and you go, Vrabel, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And and you don't know what. And like he doesn't have an explanation for it. Oh, I'm just a go for it kind of guy. Like you don't. I don't know. I think makes getting, you wonder where they would be without Dean Pease in the defense. A hundred percent. But it also makes you wonder like how good would this team be if they had one of the top seven or eight or ten quarterbacks in the NFL. Yep. Right? Like, wh- where would they be if they had an, an actual elite guy? 
Teron Davenport, he's elite. That's why he joins us every week on Morning Drive, and he's coming up next here on ESPN 1025 A Game. It is Morning Drive. Happy feelings. Friday, November 1st. This song, by the way, has been stuck in my head for the last week now. Is that yeah, what you, that's some, you went to the show? That's, some, that's exactly <laughs> right. I know TD know about this, man. Just a grind. Like, mm. oh, okay, okay. You're making everyone uncomfortable. Let's find out. TD. I, I feel uncomfortable right now. Your thoughts on the musical selection coming back, Mr. Davenport? Hey, man, that's right on time, man. That's the type of music you put on a fishnet tank top with, with a <laughs> with a walking suit. <laughs> Toothpick in your mouth, a straw hat, and you, you keep it going. <laughs> saw a lot of those on Saturday, by the way. Oh, man. So uh, from fishnet tank tops to Kyle Allen, how does Dean Pease get after and cause this guy to have a rough three hours on Sunday? I think anytime you're facing the Panthers, whether it's Cam Newton or Kyle Allen, the best thing to do is find out some type of way to corral uh, Christian McCaffrey. But, I mean, when you look at Kyle Allen, he's your typical rhythmic pocket passer. So, really what they need is, is Jeffrey Simmons collapsing that interior pocket, Harold Landry and, and Cameron Wake coming off the edge to marry that together with Press covers on the outside. You want to do everything you can to knock the rhythm of the passing game off. They like to do a lot of quick passes, slants, and screens and those type of things to Curtis Samuel and, and DJ Moore. So you got to get on them before they can get the ball in their hands and knock that timing off. TD, you mentioned Jeffrey Simmons, and D-Mace brought this up a couple of days ago on the show. If you think he's good now, wait till he gets a full off season of truly working out in the program, the weights, the nutrition, the dietary, everything. Just, I mean, I know it's a very small sample size, and he's been very good. But when you factor in what D-Mace brought up with an off season to prepare, what is the ceiling on this guy? Well, I think you saw the ceiling on him. Uh, before you got down here, and I saw it too, and that's Fletcher Cox, man. That's that's the player that he really reminds me of, and there's multiple reasons why I say that. Now, Fletcher, his footwork is, is better than, than Simmons. You know, I'm not going to just sit here and say he is Fletcher Cox, but the way that they could both impact the, the passer as a D-tackle and defensive end, but then also when you combine the size, strength, agility, I mean, you see Simmons – he can can chase down screens too, so that's something I think that you know is going to stand out once you start to see him play more. So I think really the the ceiling is that, and it's not all about sacks, you know, because people look at Fletcher Cox and they'll look at Simmons throughout his college career. I think he had what four sacks or something like that, and they'll say, "Oh well, how could it be a pass rusher?" Look, the point is that dude impacts the quarterback, and that's what you need out of a guy that's working on the interior. Yeah, Teron, his body reminds me, his body type reminds me of Indomitian Sue. Maybe I just, because he happened to be in town last weekend, and I, I see him standing on the field, and I go, oh, that, that guy reminds me of that guy. I'm not saying he's going to end up that, that type of player. They, the, the way they're built reminds me, the way he's built reminds yeah. me of Indomitian Sue. Um, on the other side of this, we, they should have a far better matchup, the Titans, as far as the offensive line and the running game between the tackles. And San Francisco last week, I'm not trying to compare the Titans to the Niners because the Niners are obviously playing elite-level football right now. But the Niners went up and down the field. They gashed Carolina in the running game. There should be space for Derrick Henry to make plays this week, right? Yeah, there should definitely be space. And the Panthers are giving up 135 on the ground. So, 
yeah, there's definitely an op- opportunity to run the football. I talked to Derrick Henry this week, and his focus is on ball security. He's still upset about that fumble yeah. uh, where he need the ball out of his, his own hands. So he'll get opportunities, though. And I actually talked to Arthur Smith yesterday just about getting Derrick Henry downhill into that alley. So expect to see that, too. And if they could do that, you know, it's, it's going to be good things. But, man, whenever you have a defense that has 59 in the middle of it, <laughs> he's going to smell plays out, and he, he's going to be able to, to track it down. So Henry's going to have to get that stiff arm going and break that tackle at the second level. Now, uh, look at look at, the, look at this offense uh, from a passing standpoint, TD, the last couple of weeks uh, with Tannehill. Um, you know, when Tannehill became the starter, this offense uh, from a passing standpoint, the first week it looked great. Then last week, obviously, they were playing uh, a team that we thought they could throw the ball against, and they didn't do as well. Uh, and, and and with talking with them, what what do you think the problem is? Because I I, I enjoy watching the All Twenty Two from a coaching standpoint, and I mean there could be blame all around from the coaching staff because it seems like you know Arthur Smith runs the same plays over and over again, or the receivers, them not being able to consistently get off a of tight coverage, or the line or Tannehill. What, has, what do you think has been the problem why this offense, from a passing standpoint, has been so inconsistent? I think you just hit all three of them. Uh, it, it, the, the protection, um, the receivers getting – getting free you know that's not happening but I, I think last week a lot of it was game plan you know where you had more 13 personnel they were they were using empty out of 13 personnel um but they like the matchups of their tight ends against the bucks and that's why you saw i think it was 12 passes go to Ferkser and and smith now they caught nine of them but I, I think that was uh, – last week was – it almost just from talking to Arthur Smith, it, it seemed more like game plan where they wanted to go to that matchup with their tight ends against the safeties and, and linebackers. But overall, I mean, it, it's – receivers, you know, they, they have to get open uh, a, a little bit better, you know. But then there's just I, – I don't know. The, the play design, there's, there's certain things that look good about it, but – Sometimes you look at it and you just say, okay, what were they trying to accomplish here? Like, Was this route working off of this one? Like, What was it? So it's a mixture of all of them, in my opinion. TD, good stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate the time. Thank you. No problem. You guys take it easy. You got it. Teron Davenport, Titans reporter for ESPN and ESPN.com. And, and that's what I'm trying to, you know, as I, as I watch these games after they're, they've, they've completed – um, in in trying to pull out a few plays for the dissection, um, it, it I don't want to put a lot of blame on the quarterback. I don't want to put all the blame on the offensive line, the receivers. I, I think it's just a collection of everything and the coordinator. Yeah, and, and I think that I don't think Arthur Smith, and it might be because he really doesn't trust the offense that they can handle maybe a little bit more creativity um, in the offense because it seems like they're running the same stuff. And I know a lot of teams do that, but other teams when they, they just, they, they go about it different and it looks creative. And 
I think Arthur, kind of like um, Mike was, um, Vrabel last year, he's learning on the fly. So I'm going to give him some leeway in regards to that. Um, I'm not going to, you know, argue with him about run calls because my thing is, like I've always said, if the offensive line is doing their job, then we can call the same run play over and over again, and we we'll, at least we we'll get a yard or two. And, and we like um, that he sticks with it. Exactly, like, and I like that he, he's committed to the run. Mm-hmm. But in the passing game, it just seems like he's not being creative. I don't know if he doesn't trust the offensive line, yes. the quarterback or the receivers, yes. Yes. or he just – He's still learning on the fly to and, me. Uh, yeah, I think it's all four. I mean, I mean, the offensive line's not good. Mm-hmm. They've changed quarterbacks. The receivers are not getting off and get creating separation and finishing plays. And the coordinator feels like he's calling a fairly simple and predictable offense. But they do. But the receivers so they together, do it at times. You know, right? right. And then T- Tannehill looks great one game. Marcus looks great one game. Looks terrible the next game. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is good against Atlanta and against the Chargers, but not in any other game. Like it. Mm-hmm. It's all like that, and the the great players, the great teams, they eliminate those inconsistencies. NFL fans, don't miss uh, Nashville's best NFL pregame show. Start your morning off with a kickoff from 7 to 9.30, followed by the NFL pregame show. I'll be filling in for Jared Stillman this week alongside Floyd Reese and Chris Sanders, live from the George Jones downtown on 2nd Avenue. This Sunday from 9.30 to 11.30 prior to the game. Going to have to ah. tune in and listen, listen to that. I make sure I listen. I'm you check you that out. In? It's Forever Titan, Chris Sanders, right? I got to make sure I get that part right. Well, I don't know what it is. I, are you? Yeah, that's right, Forever Titan. Because it won't be morning drive. Are you still allowed to take shots at uh, hotcakes? Uh, no, because that's more of a professional. <laughs> that is his. Betting. That is his territory. It's, it's, it's his show. I am I filling in for him. I got a bo- not that, really that, a bone to pick with uh, SpongeBob. But but he I like uh, you know Sponge I like SpongeBob, SpongeBob man that's my guy Graham. that's my guy man because so people did y'all see the picture people don't know yeah. we have not yeah. I have not we seen gotta it. talk y'all hadn't seen the uh, Halloween right, right. picture so so oh my goodness. SpongeBob and Mr Krabs is apparently the new name of the afternoon show on exactly. Our channel. <laughs> yes, so we call it SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs. <laughs> uh, the NFL pregame show brought to you by Wholesale Inc., powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, your Middle Tennessee Kubota dealers, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Uh, D-Mace. Where's my money? D-Mace has a bone to pick next on Morning Drive. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Um, all right, let me tell you guys about Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. It's cold. It got cold like in one day. Right, it was like 68 yesterday morning. It, you know, the, the the temperature closed at like 40 something last night. I know it's going to warm up a little bit today, but it's still the cold weather's coming, and that means your house is going to be working overtime to keep you your family warm and cozy inside that house. And we all know what that means. It means you need to have a a healthy furnace or or heater or AC unit or whatever it is that that you've got in your house that keeps your house warm. You need to make sure it's healthy. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling are the people you need to talk to. Locally owned, proud sponsors of Smashville Live. And and over two decades of experience in Middle Tennessee. They know that before the big freeze comes, whenever that first real cold stretch of weather comes, you know you always have it in the wintertime here in Nashville. Make sure you get your house checked up. Join the Comfort Club. You get two checkups a year every six months right around this time of year. This is the time you need to go get your house checked up. Call Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. SpringHillAC.com is the website. SpringHillAC.com. Check them out. They got a new office out on the west side there on Highway 100 south of Dixon to take care of all you folks out there so they can get to your house more efficiently, quicker, more scheduling times for you guys to get uh, get your house serviced. So make sure you check them out. SpringHillAC.com. Again, this is the time of year that you need to make sure everything is working correctly at your house because you don't want to have a costly repair when the weather gets really cold and all of a sudden you know pipes are freezing and this is happening and that's breaking and that's 
you know that you, you got to make sure everything's working well and now's the time to do it comfort club join it now get your house checked out now spring hill heating and cooling we're not using the other guys anymore springhillac.com is a website springhillac.com Who lives in the wholesaling studios? <laughs> SpongeBob Stillman. SpongeBob. All right, I know. <laughs> but you have a bone to pick. Good job, Marquise. Well done, yes. Marquise. All right. Um, everyone understands that, <laughs> you know, we like to, you know, pick at SpongeBob, a.k.a. Stillman. Hotcakes. A.k.a. Hotcakes. A.k.a. I mean, the human frat paddle. Yeah, the human frat paddle. Whatever else you want to call them. <laughs> Uh, A.K.A. Chicken, Kung Fu Panda, know. Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> not <Yeah>. Pablo Sandoval, <laughs> but we were, you know, we, we were we were taking some jabs at him yesterday. You know, all all fun um, the other day, but then yes, yesterday, it being <laughs> Halloween, one Jarrett, A.K.A. SpongeBob. Chose Wait, to wear you, a panda suit well, can you yesterday. Tell, can you tell everybody why you, he's called SpongeBob? Yeah, because, <laughs> <laughs> because make he's, you shaped, do it. he's shaped like SpongeBob. I say he's shaped like SpongeBob. <laughs> he's got a yeah, rectangular he has, yeah, he has frame. A, yeah, a rectangular frame. Um, and I don't know if there's anything he, anybody can do about it. He's, but all he's, yeah, he's all upper body. He's all upper body square. He's all upper body. You skip leg day every yeah. day. <laughs> He skipped leg day. Yeah, he's one of those guys uh, that always does bench press but never does any, you know, squats. <laughs> no. But um, you know, yesterday we were making the other day we were making fun of him because he had the he had the wireless headphones with the sunglasses and walking in and yeah, it was just Tom Brady. You know, look. Tom Brady, aka, you know, I don't Showing know, up the Fox LeBron James yeah. look. He's trying so, to be an athlete walking into a game. So I guess Stillman Stillman took that <laughs> and he wanted to want up himself. And he did it. I think he did it because of us. So yesterday, we 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 pay rent in his head. Exactly. We are so in his yesterday head. he chose we to dress rent. up as a panda, and him dressing up a panda is cool because it's Halloween. But he takes the same exact picture of him walking in <laughs> with wireless headphones with a panda suit on. But that's not the kicker. Here's the kicker, people. He walks in. Never trust a kicker. And here's the caption. He has his pumpkin, you know, his, his, his pumpkin candy thing in his hand, you know, with his sunglasses on. He doesn't have duck lips this time. I think he did Thank that on God. purpose. Thank God. He did that because he got his lips are kind of puckered it in. It made me so uncomfortable looking I at I think that. he did that on purpose. He didn't want to have the duck lips. <laughs> so know, the caption is. is, have you ever seen a panda with the fireball shades? Fireball shades. Okay, I get it. Fireball. Stunting is a habit. That's where I have a problem. Hmm. That's the big problem. And people, you are saying, well, what's he says? Stunting is a is he a habit. He spelled the word correctly. He spelled it correctly and everything according to the English language. But it's not stunting. It's not <laughs> ing. If you want to be cool, it's stunting. Drop the g. Just I N stunt and stunting was a thing like in 1999. Yeah, stunting. Yeah, we stunting on the You know, we we stunting on them fools. You know, low key stunts. You know, we doing things that other people ain't doing. Stunting like my daddy, Lil Wayne. Well, yes, he is doing things that others are not doing because nobody's walking around with a panda suit on and sunglasses with wireless headphones. Okay, shining, beaming, glossing, big time. He is. We have labeled him the old Valley Girl. 
Because there's like you, you see the vocabulary yeah. in the tweets where he'll say he'll tweet holy smokes goodness gracious like there's a lot of 1970 vocabulary see, in his Twitter game. See, I don't mind those, those like like jeepers creepers like I don't mind those like I don't mind the old kind of, kind of like the old school yeah. phrases. It's the like comma like comma like 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 <laughs> comma um the Preds like have this game totally wrapped up like um after ten minutes like um like th- that's the Valley Girl to me like that's the part that bothers me with his Twitter account I I enjoy his Twitter account oh then he has P S hi to the morning show <laughs> <laughs> he tagged Marquise myself oh, yeah. Nick and Brayden so we are in, we his, are head. in his head we are in his head <laughs> we own real estate in his brain here's what I will say. I would 100 times out of 100 much rather see Stillman in a panda costume than topless on the beach. Well, we've already seen that. I, thank God. I'm not going to see it again. <laughs> I, I want the panda suit. The panda but suit's you know fun. I, have, I think the panda suit's a fun but look. You know I think what? it's fun. You know what? Once again, who's winning? Stillman. Absolutely. Yeah. Can, can we? And I love it, too. Can, I love it. Is, can is we he, get him in a rap video? Is he winning or winning? He's winning. <laughs> According to him, he's winning. <laughs> ING. So you he's guys, not winning. Has the public seen the Ryan Porth rap video? Oh, my goodness. From high school? Ooh, if we I could hope get, not. Here's what I want. I, I don't know if the public has seen that. I'm not really sure if I'm allowed to talk about it, frankly, but, <laughs> but, but I've already done it. Uh, there you is, don't want to watch it. I'm, I'm just going to let there you guys is a know. Video. You don't know about this video, huh? Oh, I've no, seen it. Yeah, 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 I just declined comments. It's so bad you got to see it. But I think what I want is I want Stillman to do an interpretation of the video. <laughs> That's what oh, I want. Oh, wow. <laughs> I... What what was the song that that Porth did like a he did like a it was, li- it was snap your fingers little John and That's Eastside right. boys yeah and so he and did he did a lip sync like music video to it right yes and in, in in various different jerseys with a hat school. on sideways it was not good mm. yeah. yes it was it was he's in high school look, under- look I'm gonna say it it's the whitest thing I have ever saw in my life yeah you're totally, totally accurate and, and he's in high school and we all do stupid things when we're in high school like I get it I was in Young Life with a bunch of guys doing Backstreet Boys dances okay like oh, everybody does bad. everybody does stupid stuff when you're in high school so I'm not gonna hate on him too much for that I just want to see still Stillman reenact the video. Is it safe today. to say that Stillman is basically like a character on Clueless? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Alicia Silverstone mixed with Floyd Reese. <laughs> oh, wow. Shaped like SpongeBob. Shaped like SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Preds, like, um, have this game totally, like, wrapped up, like... That tweet, that tweet didn't last long. Stillman, buddy, we love you, man. We do. We, we do, and, and we do. And the only reason we pick with you because we love you. If we didn't pick with you, we wouldn't. He's, you he's trying to grow you. that Instagram game. Yeah, he's trying Dude, to grow he, it. He's also been pushing. That's the other thing. Trying to be an influencer. Here, Stillman. Yeah. <laughs> he's the Instagram influencer. Here, but here's the thing, though. Like, he just, Stillman, piece of advice, you beg for people to follow your gram so much, it, it's, it's just too obvious. Like, you're too thirsty, man. Like, you got to... And let it happen in his world, he has to be that way. You just got to let it happen, man. In his world, he has to be that way, man. Just let it happen. You got a radio the show. The thirsty guy don't get the water, man. Is that what they call Instagram? The gram? I don't know. Insta? Yeah, the gram. I don't yeah. know. What I don't it? know. No, I don't roll the Instagram. The thirsty world. guy gets the water. If you ain't, if you ain't acting like you, you ain't, you ain't thirsty, you ain't going to get the water. Yeah, but if you're too thirsty, none of the animals are going to come <laughs> hang out with you. <laughs> Not even the other pandas? <laughs> the other pandas. Listen. We already. First of all, if you're try, if you're trying to meet a mate, Panda's not the right one dressed up. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Floyd went off on him too yesterday. And what's so funny about pandas is like there'll be two pandas sitting in a cage in China somewhere, right? And they it's they know like it's an endangered species. And I think Robin Williams used to do a really great bit on this where he's like, "You are the last of my kind, and I still will not hook up with you. Like you're 
it, oh, our, wow. our, this, our entire species' de- survival depends on you and I mating right now. No, no I'm not interested. <laughs> that, that's the way pandas think. It's very strange. Oh, man. that's that's Well, Stillman, I guess. Pick a different animal. Yeah, pick a different. Hey, y'all want to hear a joke right quick? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole show today has been a joke, so why not? Why, why <laughs> stop now? Okay. What did, it get, what did the ghost say to the bartender? Oh, God. Uh, I have no idea. You got any booze? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you realize that you're not allowed to riff on Stillman ever again. That's a complete dad joke. That is a dad joke if I ever heard one that's, of these. That's worse than stunting. Oh, oh man, that was so funny. Wow, that was hilarious. Wow. Just looking at y'all face, y'all like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, tell that to the kids, man. It's an ultimate dead joke. Guy, what? Walk, guy walks into a bar. Ouch. <laughs> what, what? Titans underscore Walker tweets us and he says, Stillman is 1025's Flavor Flav. Yes. Oh, my oh, that's goodness. Bad. Come on. That's... Flavor Flav was pretty bad. That's Stillman, though. What was man? wrong with Flavor Flav? Yeah, nothing wrong with Flavor Flav. Yeah. He's, he's Flavor with a ER. Yeah, he Flavor. Flavor Flav. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we will kick off the third hour of the show. Try to make you some money in the world of football. Our buddy Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com joins us next.